Perfect. 1106. All right. Man, I appreciate you making time. And not only do I appreciate you making time, but I appreciate you changing the uh, change, willing to change the time last minute. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. I, my schedule's pretty flexible right now, so that's good. Good deal. Well, Chris Walton, welcome to the Willpower Podcast, man. I'm super, super excited to have you on. Uh, man, it's so crazy. I've only met you in person one time, and I feel so bonded to you because of where we met, which we'll get into a little bit about, about that. And um, But man, you're just such a, an inspiring dude. Um, watching your videos, working out, and and uh, just your story overall, which I can't wait to dive, dive deep into that. But uh, for people that haven't heard your name before, give us a little one-minute introduction, Chris. <laughs> a one-minute introduction. Well, when, you're 50 years, when you're 50 years old, that's, that's a tough thing to do. Um, you know, I, I am, if you look at my bio, it starts out by saying I'm a son of a drug addict. Uh, I was born... Uh, missing my left arm. So I'm an amputee. Um, I'm a father of two children on, on earth, one in heaven, and I have another baby on the way. Uh, I am in the mortgage industry, but we'll talk more about that uh, a little bit later. Um, I'm also a coach. I have a podcast. You can see in the background, one hand at a time podcast, and I'm a speaker. So we, I've got some really cool stuff to share with you as we uh, get through the conversation, since I haven't talked to you for a little bit as we go. That's, I can't wait to, to get into it, man. So um, one of the questions that I, I, I'm curious about is, um, you know, most people would think, and this is crazy because like, it's crazy that I know you because you see all, you know, certain people that are doing amazing things that might be missing a limb. Like, uh, I, I, I should know this guy's name, but I can't, you know, the guy that's completely missing both, uh, both legs, both, um, Nick, both arms, Nick, 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 yeah, Nick yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Nick has a beautiful wife, has either one or two kids speaks to millions, probably billions of people now. Yeah. And so you come across these people as you're scrolling, especially now with, um, with social media and where we're at with everything. Uh, but man, when I met you, I don't think that I even like, like, I think it took me longer than it. You would think that, that you would see, like you would see somebody missing an arm and you would like, that's the first thing that you notice. But with you took a few minutes because like the confidence that you have like trumped that. So Talk to me a little bit about like you growing up and like, when was it that you kind of realized maybe you were a little bit different and, and yeah. where did, where did that confidence come from and when did that start? Well, you know, it's it, the first time I realized I was missing a limb and I was in kindergarten, my first day of school. You were about eight or so. I was five, five, was five, five years old. Yeah. So I go into school and, um, my first day and I noticed all these kids are pointing and laughing and like making fun of me and I didn't understand why well it's because they had never seen someone missing an arm before well I didn't realize I was missing an arm I mean I knew it was there but none nobody in my family ever treated me different right so I literally ran home from school that day out of the classroom during class to my aunt's house who I was staying with at the time and talked to her and I was crying and 
And she told me, you know, Christopher, you're different. You're special. But when you're five, you don't want to be different and special, right? You want to be like everybody else. So that was when the first time I realized that that was the case. Now, if you look at photographs of me over the years as a kid, when I'm growing up, I'm always the guy standing with someone on my left because I would always cover my left arm up so people wouldn't see that in photos. Because when I was young, I let that define who I was or who I wasn't, right? It was the fact that, hey, I have this limb difference and I didn't want to be recognized for just that. And as I got older, I realized that it wasn't a disadvantage. It was an advantage. See, when I step into a room, besides the fact I'm six foot five, when I step into a room, people, when they see that, they're captivated by it. They remember me. They know who I am, right? So I'm different than everyone else, which is, as we get older, you know this, Will, we want to be different than everyone else, right? And now in life, I want to be different. I want to be unique. So I've got one hand up on everybody else because I've got a uniqueness built in right? It's with me wherever I go. So I have this conversation piece wherever I go. This is what I have. Now, if you look at pictures of me later in life, I'm always standing there when you people can see my left side because I want to see it. I don't want to hide it from people. That's just part of who I am, but it doesn't really define me. Now, it has built an incredible amount of confidence for me because when you're young and kids make fun of you and tease you, you have to figure out a way to overcome it. So I was a jokester, the prankster. I could always communicate and talk with everybody, but I had to do that to overcome the fact that I didn't want to be judged for having missing half my left arm. So you just hit on how this now has helped you and you hit the nail right in the head of, as I personally know, um, that now later in life, you, you want to be different. Um, and that means be, being human, being vulnerable. Uh, part of the reason as we started the conversation talking, I've only met you one time in person, but you and I have a strong bond is because we went to, uh, a masterclass called amplified, which first time I went, I know you and I know I've been through it twice. I think you've been two or three times to it now. Yep. And, um, I, I called it like it was, I'm going there to become a better communicator, which we did, but we came out also sobbing crying because we had to like dig deep and truly find out who we were and uh for all those people listening right now that haven't heard my story because still to this day I've been a lot more open to uh, open about it than I was ever before but especially in Chris's podcast when he had me on his uh, podcast one hand at a time which by the way you do a great time with a great job with all your little like hand, uh, uh, you know, uh, handles things or whatever, you just, you're yeah. like, now I'm the, that's, I'm, I'm that's the my guy brand. That's my go. brand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so you guys will get to find out that my story, like most people don't would could never guess it, but now I'm more, I'm more open to sharing that just because I know that it can relate to people and it also makes me different and it makes me unique. So anybody listening out there, I, I, both Chris and I would challenge you, like, what is it? You might not have a story like mine where I grew up in Mexico and grew up super poor and had a crazy, you know, story of coming here to, to the United States. Uh, or, you know, you might've not been born with, you know, just one, you know, one arm or, but everybody has a different story that it's hitting down there somewhere. 
but you'll realize that how much more freeing it is whenever you share that with others and also how much different and how unique it makes you. So Chris, let me ask you just, just to wrap this little, like uh, that talking about, you know, how you were born. Uh, my question is, I'm curious on like, you realize now how it's helped you later down in life. So it's like, you know, if you had both arms, like, would you be as successful as you are right now? Probably, but it's kind of mm -hmm. like, you've used that to your success now, but growing up, like any time throughout your life, like, has there been a time where, where that has actually like messed with your head and been like, man, if I did have both arms, like, like I could be doing this or that, like, has that ever gone yeah, through? So, so there's two parts to that. Let me answer that two different ways, but I want to go back to the, to the amplify your influence real quick first, because the, the truth of the matter is everybody has a story. It may not be like mine or yours, but it's your responsibility to share that story to help other people that are where you were two, three, four, and five years ago. And the, the life-changing experience that I faced, that I realized when I was in Amplify, my life is on a different trajectory now from that time I walked in the room in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm on a different track than I ever thought I would be. And, and it's because Renee figured out a way to get that story out of me and make me a better storyteller. I always thought I was a talented speaker. I could get on stage and speak, but now I'm a storyteller and people are asking me from all over the country to come speak at their events and do just do amazing things. Right? So I owe that to Renee for helping me do that. And I've got a great friendship with him. So let's get back to the, the, the fact that having a limb difference, I would not be the person I am today for sure. If I was born with two arms. And the reason why I say that is because this caught it caused me to work harder than I probably would have. Right. And you know, you can, you can go back and really look at people, my size, a lot of times are a little lazier because we don't have to fight for much. People get out of our way when you walk into, a, you know, when you walk down the street or whatever, right? Like naturally people, my size, a lot of times don't have to fight for it. So I would have probably been lazier than I am. I'm a little lazy still. I love the Netflix and chill sometimes, but but when it comes down to, I know the fact for sure where I am today with my feet on the ground, all the things that I've got going on would not be possible if I didn't have the limb difference because it caused me to just be somebody different. Now, let's go back to being in junior high and high school. Gosh, I sure wish I had two arms a lot of times when I was there because I was so shy about asking girls out on dates. Look, I made all the sports teams. I was a great athlete. For me, it was just making the team was what I thought I should do, right? So, but then I look at, I have two arms. Okay, what could I have done on the athletic side if I had two arms? So yes, I've looked at that. I've run those scenarios in my head multiple times. The older I get, the more I understand that this is my path. This is what I should have been. This is how I was put here on earth to help other people like me. Um, that's why I'm so involved in the limb difference community. So I hope that answers your question there, Will. I just wanted to kind of break it down a little bit. No, it does for sure. Uh, and the reason I wanted to ask that is because a lot of the times people see people like you or I, and even though they don't really know us, but we give off this, this persona of who we are. And I would say that one thing that you and I have in common, not only that that you know whether i was born with two two arms but 
my story is I believe that it made me work extra hard because I knew that uh, I didn't have the leg up of, of being, you know, a citizen here of this country. And I was just lucky to be here. Uh, but so going back to whatever people's, you know, hidden story that they're, that they're trying to hide, whatever that is, I guarantee you that that made them work even harder. But they see people like you and I, and they just think of like, wow, this person's always motivated. This person's always, you know, uh, inspirational. Uh, I mean, if I didn't know you, I think yeah. I would still follow your stuff and watch just, just the workout videos that you post of watching you work out. It's, it's incredible. But they assume that we never have, you know, negative thoughts. We never have bad days. And I think that it's important to let people know that, that those thoughts do come, come every now and then but it's up to you to overcome them. Right. Yeah. Can, can I share a story with you from yesterday? Go for, it. Right Go for it. Okay. So, um, and this is something that's getting ready to come out anyways. So I'm leaving the mortgage industry, August 31st. Wow. I'm, I'm done in the mortgage business. I'm stepping away. Um, I've got a book that I've written. That's going to be released October 23rd. My coaching business is taking off. My podcast is doing the same. I'm more speaking opportunities. I'm chasing my dreams, right? Those are the things that I want to do. So I'm going all in on Chris Welton, right? I'm moving all the chips to the middle. I'm betting on me and I'm going to go after what I've been dreaming to do for a long time. So yesterday I'm having one of those days where it's like thoughts are creeping in my head. What are you doing? You're really good at the mortgage business. You're a great leader. People count on you. You shouldn't do that. You should cut everything out and just focus on the stability of, of your job. Well, first of all, the mortgage business has zero stability right now, <laughs> but I have a pretty good job for sure. Um, so I recorded a podcast yesterday. My guest was a guy named David Meltzer. I don't know if you know who David Meltzer is or not, but he was on my podcast yesterday and he was just really firing shots at me, which was what I needed at the time. He made me realize that all we are really is a bag of beliefs as a person. What belief or what definition we give something that's happening to us. And I explained to him what happened. He said, Chris, that's the universe testing you to make sure it's that's what you really want. Those tests are going to come at you. So yes, I have challenging days. I have tough days like everyone else. But I look at those as a growth opportunity. Okay. Now I have the best partner in the world. My wife, Nikki is a godsend. She's way out of my league. Like, I, I still don't know today how the day, this day I, I was able to close her into marrying me, but here we are and she's my number one fan, right? So I called her yesterday and I said, Hey, I'm having a tough day, babe. She was in between patients and we're talking and she goes, I knew something was wrong. I could just feel it. I hadn't talked to you yet, you know, since this morning, I could feel it. So the reason I share that with everybody is we have to face adversity to grow. Okay. So yesterday was some adversity for me, my brain telling me, Hey, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't walk away from this. Don't change your trajectory of your life. You've got stuff going on. That's really good. But it was a test. It was a test to see how bad I really wanted it. And most people, not you and I will, cause you and I consider super high level performers. We're weirdo sicko athletes. We put our body through stuff. You got a scar on your face right now. Like, like, we put our bodies through these things. So when we do face adversity, what happens? We push right through it, right? So adversity is a necessary part of growth. Most people back down to adversity and they live a life that they don't, that they're not proud of. 
completely agree with that. And I think that on your podcast, we maybe shared a little bit about that. You and I are both big Ed Milet fans, right? And uh, one of the things that we kind of quoted from him earlier was that, you know, you're, you're more than qualified to teach the person that you once were. And then what you said right there, uh, another thing that he says is, is um, you know, through adversity, always keep in mind, like, who you're going to meet in the other side, which is going to be you on the other side of adversity. And that's so powerful because sometimes so many people back away from that. They think, man, I just don't know how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to get through this tough season. Like you said, the mortgage uh, space is definitely not stable at all, but it's all about mindset uh, mm -hmm. right now because all I can think of is, hey, I'm thankful that I am not in the commercial real estate business and I'm on the residential side. I am thankful that I'm a lender rather than a realtor because if you look at the numbers where inventory is at and everything, even though with how high rates are right now, people are still looking to do refinances, whether it's a divorce, yep. whether it's a debt consolidation, whatever that is. So I'm constantly reminding myself of things of what I need to be thankful for rather than want to complain about. One of the things that you talked about was uh, the doubts that you had yesterday and your podcast guests yesterday told you that this is supposed to happen for you to really realize that this is what you're, you're supposed to be doing. And you and and one of the words that came to mind was sacrifice. And with sacrifice comes, you know, the other word that it reminds me of, it's love. The word love. Whenever you love something so much, uh, which now I've I've learned of a new found way of love now that I have a two-month-old baby. Um, and congratulations to you. I know you're expecting your your third one. And um and fourth. coming in January, fourth, fourth one, <laughs> which if we, if we have, if we have a tiny bit of time, man, I know that that was when I, you and I really connected and with the other yeah. group, whenever you share that story, but, mm -hmm. but um, the love that you have for your own child that is, it's not even, it's so different. It's so different that it's uncomparable. And with that love, there's so much sacrifice, you know, I'm super blessed to have an amazing wife that is staying at home and she's taking care of him, uh, gets up throughout the night, does all the things that need to be done. But guess what? I'm actually still lacking a lot of sleep. And the reason for that is because I wake up even earlier to either go ride my bike or go to CrossFit, come back and at least have an hour to an hour and a half with him to one, not only help my wife, but to get to spend time with him because of as of you know you and i know like we don't see them for most of the day and so that's a sacrifice that i have to make uh in order to be able to 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 have that in return but the other thing that a lot of people don't realize is that sacrifice means you've given up something that you want like in my instance is sleep for for something that's not guaranteed in this instance instance is it like for me is it like okay, what am I going to get out of this? Like, okay, one hour a day, let's just say one hour, that's five hours a week, you know, times, you know, you and I are like math guys. We like to like, what is my ROI for this? There's really no true ROI that can be put on paper because that's what sacrifice is, is you giving up something that you don't, you're not a hundred percent on what that return is going to be. And that's you right now. You're giving up. Uh, you've been in the mortgage business for how long now? Um, a total of, 12, 13 years, total of 13, 13 years. So you're giving up something where even if, 
you know, this job is the furthest thing from something being comfortable, right? But you're, you're in a way much more comfortable place than just saying, I'm leaving all this behind and I'm going to go and, and do something else. Uh, but that's what you're doing is you're sacrificing that for the unknown because that's how much passion, love, and, and you know that that's your purpose. So, man, kudos to you. I'm super proud of you. And I, I, I have nothing but, you know, put all the chips in to, to, to bet on you. And, and I know that you're going to do amazing. I appreciate that, man. I do. And, you know, I, I think it really comes down to though, to, I mean, what you're realizing right now, Will, is um, it's, you're, you're changing your priorities, right? Your priorities have changed. It's no longer about constantly working and doing these things. Now you have this other life you're responsible for, which is the biggest blessing on the planet earth. Okay. And my friend and mentor, Ben Newman, talks a lot about the burn, right? And that's when your why and purpose connect. And you truly don't know what, to, what drives you until those two things connect. So I'll share with you what my burn is. And a lot of people that listen to my show know this, and um, I've spoken at events about it. But um, in 2020, my son CJ was born, and he was born with uh, cardiomyopathy hyperplasia, which is essentially your heart won't squeeze all the way. And we lost him 18 hours later. So here we are in the middle of COVID, right in the middle of the pandemic in July, 2020. And we lost our son. Now I won't go into a long detail about that. Um, that's for another time. But the reason I share that my son is not here anymore is because he's my burn. Okay. And what I mean by that is that when I get up in the morning and I put my feet on the ground, if I all of a sudden have a bad thought in my head or bad attitude, or I don't want to go to the gym, or I don't want to go get in my cold plunge, I know that he's watching me. A lot of people watch me through social media and my friends and everybody else, but he watches me like nobody else. He sees everything that I'm doing. So every day, my goal is to make my son proud. What could I do to make him proud? And that has caused my life to pivot in a totally different direction. I have someone watching me all the time. So it's like, okay, what am I going to do to better myself? What am I going to do to push past being uncomfortable, being comfortable for the uncomfortable? Because that's where I want to be in life. So that's the reason I'm jumping out of the mortgage business. Cause I want to impact more lives. I want to touch more people. I want to share that story with more people to help them get through those things. Um, and I want to make my son proud. I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that, um, that we, we talked about that. I kind of wanted to, to just at least touch on it, just because I remember when you fully shared that whole story, uh, and I'm sure people go back to one of your podcasts, you probably have shared the, the full story yep. and, and it's powerful. And, uh, one question that I have for you is, would you say that that's the hardest thing that you have to, you've had to go through in life? Oh, by far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, doesn't even come close. There's nothing. I can't imagine anything worse than losing a child. Um, you know, I mean, and it wasn't like I got a phone call and my, you know, not discounting anybody, but I was in the room. I was there with them when they tried to revive him in, in three or four different times. So I was there. I was the one who's told my wife, that's it. We're not going to do no more CPR. Okay. That's it. So yes, toughest thing I've ever been through in my life. On the other side of that adversity, like we talked about a minute ago, 
I really like the person that I met. Okay. And my relationship with my wife was very strong before that. It's even incredibly stronger now. Most people don't make it through the loss of a child. The relationships don't hold up. Okay. I don't know what the final stats are, but I know that it's not good. We made it through and we're in a better place even before that. Um, we talk about CJ all the time. Um, he's a topic of conversation just about every day. So yes, toughest thing I ever went through in my life. Um, I hope no one else has to go through that. But if you do go through that, you find yourself in that tough spot. My contact information will be in the show notes here. You reach out to me anytime. Okay. I'm happy to have that conversation with you on how I worked through it and was able to get to where I am today. And, and what, um, how long did it take you to recover from that? Well, before I realized who I was again, it was May, I'm sorry, March of 2021. So approximately eight months. Um, I ate and ate and ate. Um, I had a torn plantar fascia at the time. I couldn't work out for almost 10 months. I was in a boot. Um, so I don't drink that much, but I will eat. Um, and I ate and I gained a ton of weight. And I was sitting on my back porch on a Sunday morning and I had my journal in hand. And I was going through my journal from the previous year about all the things I was going to do with my son once he was born. And at the top of one of the pages, it said, call coach Bill Hart. So some of you in the mortgage business are listening to this, Bill Hart, he's a powerhouse coach. He was my first coach in the industry. He's a personal friend of mine. I sent him a DM that right after I read that and I signed him, we signed up to go to coach again. He coached me again for a while. Now he's like one of the head coaches at Movement Mortgage. But um, so about eight months before I decided that, okay, get off your ass. It's time to get back to work. You have a responsibility. And I hired a personal trainer and I just went back after it. And, um, you know, you never, I'm never going to ever get over the loss of my son. But before I gave myself permission to go back to, to really dig in and do some stuff with my life, it took about eight months. Man, and that's actually, that's not a long time if you think about it for that, that um, traumatic life event that happened for you and not to say that you know you didn't grieve long enough i'm just saying like that just shows you how strong of a person you are man and uh and i i just i'm really really sorry to you know i believe i've you know, said this before and no well you know well it, it comes down to this some people don't ever get out of their way of grief and that's okay that's how people handle it but for me I sat there and I had to try to come up with some kind of meaning for my life. What was I going to do now? What was I going to do now? And you know, the truth is people would have been fine if I did nothing, right? People would have been, hey, you lose your son, man. It's, that's a tough road. Um, but I had strength, my wife and I, and we really both just pushed in and, and, and had some really tough conversations. And she called me on my shit, excuse the language, but she called me on it and said it was time to get my chomp back um, because I had lost it. And, Man, and that's, that's what you need in a partner. Oh, dude, she's so like, 
I'll, I'll tell you another story here in a minute. When we're done with this, to, just to tell you what a, what a badass she is. Um, so I just had to make that decision. And some people do, some people don't, but I had to step out and, and go on with my life. Okay. And figure out ways to honor him consistently and talk about him. And, you know, the large, the biggest fear you have as a parent, when you lose a child is that people will forget about your child. And about a year and a half later, actually about a year later, yeah, about a year later, my nephew, Connor passed away, Connor Mackey. He was three and a half years old. I remember I, you telling me that I too. spoke at his funeral. And, and that's one of the things I talked about was that's the greatest fear. And you as a, you have a responsibility as people that if you have someone in your life that's lost a child, your responsibility doesn't end by showing up to the funeral. Your responsibility never ends. The check-ins, the phone calls for years to come to make sure that they're okay. That's a, that's a responsibility you take by being in someone else's life when, when they've lost a child. So yeah, on, on that switch from that topic, what I wanted to share with you about my wife real quick, besides that, um, you and I are both what I call sickos, right? Like we put our bodies through these crazy things. And, you know, we were messaging the other day because I've been, I got the cold plunge and I'm down to like 48 degrees now for five minutes every morning. And, and I still don't know quite why I do that, but I do it. Um, and I did the David Goggins challenge a year ago, September, which if you don't know what that is, it's, it's, you go, you have four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Well, I turned 50 that week. So I said, I'm going to do 50 miles. I'm going to do two extra. Now I had people to go with me around the clock to do this. At one point, about 28 hours in, I wanted to quit. I don't want to get too graphic, but I had blisters all over my feet, underneath my toenails. And my wife was popping them. Now she's in, she's in medicine, so she knows what to do, but she's had to pop these blisters so I could get my socks and shoes back on. And I wanted to quit. And she looked at me and said, you're not quitting. It's not going to happen. You've trained for this too long. You're going to get your ass out of bed. You're going to get your shoes on and you're going to go get your next four miles in. And that's what I need in a partner. If, if, if you don't have that in a partner or you haven't had a partner yet, that's what you need. And, and she is just has a huge amount of responsibilities for the successes I've had in my life. Just love that man. And, uh, you know, I, we were talking a little bit about, and anybody that listens knows that I, I don't really do a lot of zoom, uh, podcasts, but one of the things that I had been wanting to try and it would be maybe getting, having a little different setup, but, um, you know, as you're talking and I don't, I think you and I are the same when like, we love, I love stats. I, I don't know about you, but I love stats. So, but sometimes it's hard to forget, you know, remember all the stuff. So, um, so I, I, I'm thinking about potentially having the guy that normally helps me with the podcast, you know, research stuff as we're talking. Mm -hmm. And so, so just so you, you know, some, some stuff on there, people that are listening, uh, many, I, I was researching this as you were talking, it says many say that cold plunge benefits include relieving muscle soreness, aiding with recovery after workouts, reducing inflammation and boosting immunity. And some reports plunges also yield to mental health benefits, like improving clarity, reducing uh, depression or anxiety, which out of, I think most people listening kind of have an idea of the first, but don't really like think about the, the mental health, the depression, all that stuff. Uh, have, 
the clarity and stuff. Cause I've done it too. I just don't have one at my house and it literally keeps you. It's like, it's like intermittent fasting. It just keeps me super, super focused. Uh, tell me a couple, a couple of those that you have maybe, uh, already seen as far as like, like super, cause you've been doing it for about a month or two, uh, almost two months, almost two months. Yeah. Um, so the mental clarity when I get out of it is solid. I don't drink coffee in the morning anymore. I don't need a cup of coffee. First thing I do when I get up is drink a 24 ounce glass of water and go get in my cold plunge. It's the first thing I do. So I sit in there for five minutes. I get out. I have crazy mental clarity. Um, I'm energized. I'm ready to go. And my endorphins are firing at a high level all day long. How long do you stay cold? Because anytime I do it, dude, even if it's a hundred plus degrees outside, I stay cold for the next five hours or so. It's insane. What, where are you at? On um, I, not that long because like this morning I, I got in this morning, I got in the cold plunge about five 30. Um, and I left for the gym at six 15. So I wasn't cold anymore when I left for the gym. Um, you know, part of that may be because it's in my garage and it's hot. I'm in Florida, right? So it was it, when I went out the five thirty this morning. My garage was eighty eight degrees. Okay, so my garage is hot. This is super cold. But I'm also getting a tolerance built up to it. Well, maybe you just haven't done it enough yet. Yeah, um, I'll do it like once, once or twice a week, like in different dates. So doing it every single day, I think it'd be a little different there. So man, I, I'm so I'm I'm like super close and just pulling it. But the other thing too is as I told you, not only like talking about price and everything, because the one that I want to get, it's not super cheap, but not yep. only that, but I was like, where do you have it? Because it's like, well, if I just pull the trigger on it, like, where am I going to put it to where it's, you know, because I'm, I'm one of those guys that doesn't like to park my, my car, either car, you know, in the driveway. Yeah. So in our, and then my third garage is already like a gym. So it's like, you know, but um, man, so uh it seems like I could talk to you here just for hours, but uh, I just wanted one thing that I was really curious about was we, you're telling us why you're leaving the mortgage industry after 13 years to go in and not only follow what you believe, what I believe, what most people that know you believe is your purpose, which is to, you know, be, become a, a speaker and, and motivate people, influence people even more than you're already doing right now. You're going to be writing a book or a book's coming out in October. Are you able to say the name of the book or? Yes. Yeah. Let's go into that real quick. So the book's called, it started with one Jordan. So I do this thing where I try to connect with people that I find people interesting that I want to connect with. So I get their shoe size through their assistant or through just different ways. And I send them one Jordan tennis shoe with a handwritten note. And it says, thanks for all the content you put out. I really appreciate everything you do. Please accept this shoe as a gift for your time for reading this letter. If you'll do a 15 minute Zoom call with me, I will send you the other shoe. So I've had several people respond and I've done really well with that. And now I'm writing a book on how to connect with high level individuals, one shoe at a time. Wow. And, um, it's I've got all day Fridays booked off with my writer, my ghost writer, who's helping me finish it. Um, but October 23rd is when we're especially, I want to release it on 10, 23, 23 because of the Jordan brand. 
So that's kind of my idea behind it. And it's going to be on a billboard in Times Square um, in November. And it's, it, it's, I mean, I, I feel really good about it. I've been able to connect with some really cool people like um, Ben Newman and I have become really good friends because I sent him a Jordan. Damon West, I sent him a Jordan. Um, they've all been on my podcast. Um, David Meltzer, who I had on yesterday. John Gordon, the author John Gordon, I sent him one Jordan. Um, we're finishing up with the stuff with him now. Um, Logan Aldridge, the one-armed Peloton athlete. I sent him a Jordan and we've become really good friends. I'm actually going to go up and meet with him uh, in late September and be on the Peloton show with him doing workouts live in the studio. Um, and uh, if you watch HGTV at all, you know, Tarek El Musso. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to be on my podcast next week. I sent him one. Wow. That's Um, incredible. Yeah. So I'm just leveraging these little things on how to get in front of people um, with a unique approach. Right. Yeah. And, and so that's what the book's about. It's going to have a lot more detail in there. My story, why I decided to go with the Jordan brand. Um, and each segment is going to, what my takeaways are from the interviews I had with people. Um, I just had uh, Dan Martell. I don't know if you know him or not. Wrote a book, buy back your time. I was on a call with him on Monday. I won Jordan him. The difference about him though, is he sent the Jordan back. <laughs> he he did. Jordan. Yeah, man. It was crazy. He sent it back and said, Hey, I don't need any shoes. So that's the only person that's done that, but um, it's been really good. Uh, Andy Elliott and I have a call here in the next couple of weeks. Um, I sent him one Jordan. So it's going to be all in the book. It'll be out October 23rd. You'll see a lot of it. Will when it, when it gets ready to come out. Can't wait. So we know the main reason why you're exiting. So tell me why you got into the mortgage industry 30 years, 13 years ago. So I had two different stints in the mortgage industry, right? So I was in, in the mortgage industry when it, um, when everything went really bad in 07, 08, right? I was in that for a few years then and then back in it again now for a longer stint. Um, I got in the mortgage industry. I was running car dealerships for a long time and I was tired of working Saturdays, um, every holiday, late night, 70 hours a week, just crazy stuff. And so I started, I got into mortgages and, and had a really good success right out of the gate partnered with financial advisors early on, you know, I've talked about this and was able to build up a good book of business. Then in 08, jumped out because things got really bad. And then I came back here in um, Orlando with one of my best friends, Jason Purcell. He, he's the owner of our company. Um, and they've been trying to get me to come forever. So I've been with them for over seven and a half years this time. And um I got back in because I, I love the leadership aspect of it. I love helping people grow. Um, I'm in a leadership role inside the company. I'm the chief sales officer. Um, we've got about 30 or so loan originators right now. And I love that aspect and that part of it. But when I get out of bed in the morning, that no longer pushes me. And, and, and I want to do something that's more impactful. And it's nothing against the mortgage industry. I love the business. It's a great business. You can make an unbelievable living for your family. You change people's lives by creating generational wealth. Love the industry. But I want to impact people on a different level. And it's not fair to them for me to do both. I've been doing both. And they've been fine with it. Because I put in my time at the office, but I still travel a lot for events and everything. Um, It's not fair for me to continue that for them. It's 
So I'm all in, I'm going to go after it. My coaching platform is really taking off. Um, and the speaking opportunities are huge. So, and that's exactly how I know that you're going to go and kill it with what you're going to go do. Cause you, you don't want to be one foot in one foot out and that shows, man. Well, thanks again, man, for coming on. Um, I really appreciate always enjoy the conversation. Can't wait to do this podcast again, whether it's on yours or mine in person. Uh, like I said before, like you said, before we got on, you're not in Tulsa a lot. So probably <laughs> me coming down, maybe to Disney world or something. Yeah. But, um, but uh, one of the last questions I always like to ask is every guest is for any listener out there listening, what is the best advice that you've ever received that has changed your life to where you're at today that can help them? Holy cow, dude, that's a good question. Um, I think the first thing is, is find out what you're really passionate about and then find someone else who's doing it and try to connect with them. Um, because that's how we're going to learn. That's how we're going to grow. And I'd finish that by saying, believe in yourself, believe in yourself because without the belief that you can accomplish it, none of it matters. None of it matters. And, and the people that are struggling with that and they can't come up with ways to get back on their side and root for themselves. The best way to do that is to get in the gym stack wins in the gym, get your workouts in and win your day early. And this, and it's amazing what will happen. And I, it's such a, such a broad question, but the last thing is don't focus on the money. Stop chasing the money. If you chase the stuff for the right reason, the money will come. Okay. And I'm not just saying that from my point, I was just at the Ford event in Las Vegas and you had billionaires on stage. And they all said the same thing. Don't chase the money. If you chase the money, you may make it short-term, but you're going to lose long-term. Chase being impactful and what you're passionate about, and you'll never lose. So powerful, dude. I really appreciate you sharing that. And uh, thanks so much again for coming on. I'm super excited for all the stuff you have going on. If you guys had never heard of Chris, remember One Hand at a Time podcast, which should be available everywhere where you listen to your podcast uh, book coming out. So be on the lookout for that big time on having it on Times Square in November. Can't wait for, I'm sure I'll see something on that. And uh, if people would like to uh, book a uh, speaking engagement, where do they go? Uh, the best thing to do is to DM me um, on Instagram. That's probably the, the site I'm on the most. So I'm one hand at a time on Instagram. Um, and you can, you can DM me and, and we can have a conversation. Also, my link tree is on my Instagram profile and, um, you can book a Calendly call with me there. Sounds good. And then I was, the last question was, where can people find you Instagram, anywhere else they should be looking? Um, Instagram is probably the best spot. I mean, I'm, I'm on all platforms. Um, but Instagram tends to be the spot where I'm on the most. Um, with DMs and back and forth with people. I just think it's the used, most user-friendly site out there right now. Sounds good. Yeah, I think it just hit uh, a couple months ago, over 2 billion users, uh, which is insane. Uh, and man, until next time, I'll keep my fingers crossed that next time I see you, there won't be any injuries on my side. First time I was on your podcast, I had recently ruptured my Achilles, uh -huh. fell, fell off my bike. If you guys want to hear the story, Yesterday, I, I shot a podcast with Philip Goodrum, a uh, 
professional soccer player here went into detail with that story because the amount of people that have asked me uh, is a, a lot of people that I just, you know, <laughs> give them the very like one sentence, one sentence story that, but uh, so keep my fingers crossed over here. Thank you so much, man. It's always, uh, it's always a fun time with you, man. All right, brother. Take care. You too.